0: Hi, Jerry. Hey, Dan. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. Got to admit, it's quite an honor. I, uh, When I was very, very small, I still to this day have every one of your songs memorized. No kidding. <laughs> I do.
1: Did you irritate your parents and everybody around you when you were a kid singing them?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how we got into the orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> The current album by the duo of Buckner and Garcia is named after their current hit, Pac-Man Fever. And like that hit, the entire LP features songs that were inspired by video games. There's Ode to a Centipede from the Centipede game. There's Hyperspace, inspired by the game Asteroids. And there's Do the Donkey Kong, which is named for the Donkey Kong video game. But here's the one that started it all. Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia.
3: From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota,
4: it's Arcade video.
3: episode 17 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2017, and it is now approximately 7.18 p.m. Central. Thanks to all the Arcaders for joining us in the Arcadosphere tonight. This is your host, Adam Not Sandler. I'm joined by the legendary Dan Reed, That's Mark me. Time Runner Shields, and the guest host of Arcade Radio This Week, Jerry Buckner of Buckner and Garcia. Welcome to the show
1: that would be me and thank you I'm glad to be on the show (laughs) awesome was I supposed to talk there I don't even know (laughs) Oh yeah that's perfect that's perfect this you know we uh, a great introduction I don't want to interrupt it (laughs) mark (laughs)
3: might have a few words to say about it you know why we like to you know come in with enthusiasm tonight's gonna be a very musical episode with you you on board with us and we want you to participate as much as possible so feel free to interject and interrupt and however Mark, i don't
1: i don't know if you know this or not but we did a record about video games you did oh, I've, I've heard about that oh my god I
4: don't know. Mm-hmm. no i kidding. <laughs> You know, oh. I don't want to jump ahead to my interview questions, but I'd like to know who recorded the sounds from the video games and then brought them back into the studio. Were you involved? Because <laughs> yeah, oh, you you got to wait for that. You got to
3: wait
1: oh, for that. Yeah, don't answer that yet. We'll, <laughs> we'll get back to that. Well, there. Calm down there, Mark. Okay. I'm gonna write the, I'm gonna write the answer down and. Just
3: okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are so uh, incredibly excited to have you on the show tonight. Uh, well, like I said, it's gonna be a very musical show tonight. But uh, for now, let's um. Let's jump right in to the arcade news.
2: It's the arcade news with Don Reed.
0: Dave and Buster's exclusive new arcade game, Spider-Man Homecoming. Dave and Buster's released a brand new video about Spider-Man Homecoming. The 30-second clip shows a brief glimpse of what appears to be another Redemption game available exclusively at Dave & Buster's locations and announces a new promotion tied to it. Uh, have you guys seen this at all? Have you been to Dave & Buster's lately? I was there last weekend, and I actually played this game. Oh, you did? No. good. Tell yeah. us about it. Tell us. Well, you know, they, I'm, I'm sort of amazed. I don't know how this model works for these guys, but every time I go there, they literally have five or six new machines. So they had a life-size Pac-Man, Yep. I, mean, I mean, like a giant-sized Pac-Man. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, 15-foot 15, 15 screen by 10-foot screen. It's like a raw thrill. Who likes yeah. Pac-Man anyway? <laughs> what? Yeah, right. And uh, they also had a uh, giant Space Invaders, which was a completely different spin on Space Invaders. Same old graphics, but instead you're, uh, I don't know. Almost, you're shooting it from like a cockpit. Right, right. It's really bizarre. And it's okay, all these I'm, giant LED I'm kind of jealous walls. now.
4: We talked about this in like the second episode,
0: <laughs> Jerry. Yeah, well, Jerry. All, have you played yeah, any of these uh, new ones? Me? Yeah, I played.
3: I played. Multi, I don't know. I'm asking Jerry. Them. Oh, did Jerry? Have you played any of these newfangled
1: versions? Hello. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was, sorry, I was just playing uh, playing video game. Um, <laughs> have I played? Nice. Uh, repeat the question from my uh, my brain, please. So Dan says he's been out at Dave and Buster's and there's,
3: you know, this new Spider-Man game. And then he said, there's this giant new Pac-Man game. Go ahead, Dan.
0: And they have like a giant Galaga and space invaders. Um, They're like led wall sized games. And it's kind of the classic game with a modern spin on it. Just wondering if you have had an opportunity to play any of these before or interested in that at all, or are you just straightly straight into the
1: classics? well I, I i haven't had a chance to play it no uh, my daughter goes over to dave and buster's a lot likes to go over there and hang out uh i haven't uh you know i was never really that that good at the game when gary and i were out uh doing appearances and stuff back in the back in the day uh if we would go to an arcade uh the people there always uh wanted us to play the best player at the arcade everyone thought that they thought of that (laughs) idea you know they were the only ones to think of that idea and uh, we just you know i was gary was a little better than me i guess i just uh didn't have the patience i wasn't that good so um i don't uh as i as i was telling the guys before we went on the air uh, i liked asteroids i wasn't too bad at that but Ah, uh, Pac-Man. I was. It was kind of pathetic. I mean, I really wasn't very good. <laughs>
3: I, I think I can relate to that. I love video games. I collect them, and restore them, but I am just not very good at them. So, um, what do we got for the next uh, little news item, Mr. Dan Reed?
0: Kind of an odd duck story here. Uh, Microsoft has created an artificial intelligence system that this, this is. This is how Skynet starts. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> if you guys are watching the news, I think it was on Engadget, Business Insider. It's kind of all over the place, but they uh, their artificial intelligence actually achieved a perfect score of nine hundred. What is it? Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety points it on seems, the Atari Twenty Six. seems version totally unreal, back, man. Yeah, that's that's crazy.
4: That's a, is it? Is it really though?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> does anybody you know, care?
3: You know, and the next person to beat it will be Billy Mitchell.
0: Probably. But
3: it's the Atari version. It's not the good one. Yeah, he won't touch an Atari, will he? I, no, th-
0: I doubt it. I doubt he will. I don't know. Not, not a big fan of the uh, Atari 2600 version of uh, Pac-Man anyway, so, or Ms. Pac-Man for that
1: matter. Well, you know, uh, if you guys have a copy of the original album inside, the with the liner with all the game, supposedly the cheat sheet that was included, if you recall that. Yeah. And uh when I first met Billy Mitchell, he said, Yeah, he said, I <clears throat> that I hate that thing. He said it's not right. <laughs> so <laughs> I had him autograph uh, one for me and uh I got I have it saved here and, and mounted. Uh <laughs> and I always thought it was funny, you know, that he uh he showed me what was wrong with it and I didn't we didn't do it, somebody else did it. But uh <laughs> thanks, you know. If you're listening, Billy, thank you. That's
0: funny. Hey, did you uh did you meet Billy after King of Kong or before King of Kong? After.
3: Oh, yeah. that's cool. Oh, cool. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's a trip. I love hanging out with
1: that guy. Billy's a great guy. He's, he's just a really, a very nice man and uh, a lot of fun to be around. He's really a tall guy. I'm not used <laughs> to looking up at people. But, <laughs> uh, I, I was with Billy really two weekends in a row here, uh, up in Wichita, Kansas. We were out there two weeks ago and a week ago, he was here in Atlanta for a show and we were hanging out down there. And, uh, uh, Walter was there. Walter. I, I, I got to the show. I was, they wanted me there around three o'clock, to do some autographs and stuff. I got to the show and I'm walking around trying to, you know, you're trying to find, you know, the, the registration place and all that stuff, you know, to check-in and everything. And I, I see Walter day sitting by himself in a corner and I went over and say, Hey Walter, you know, and he had in, you know, he had his, uh, referee shirt on and in the pocket he had stuffed in. I mean, all, every kind of uh, peanut butter cracker <laughs> <laughs> that you could possibly think of, you know, and Walter uh, is, doesn't eat meat, you know, and he, uh, you know, he's, I guess, uh, you know, he's kind of a health, health uh, fanatic kind of a guy. And, uh, and I thought, I, you know, how can you have all, you know, all that stuff in your pot, Oreos and all that <laughs> stuff. And uh, so he said, Oh, I'll, I'll take you over there. So I'm following Walter around and he's eating peanut butter crackers. We're walking around. He's, he's a, he's, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's great.
3: He was on our show, uh, episode fourteen-ish. So,
1: it was a good time. Did he give you an award because you're on the show?
3: Uh, no, but mm. I did get a. I I did end up getting a trading card. So, if you want oh, it, are I'll, you on the card? Yeah, I'll I sign it for you and send it over.
1: Oh yeah. I've got, I've got a box full of them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I would love to get a a Jerry Buckner. You have a Jerry Buckner card. I would love to get one. Let me, can I tell you real quick, the story? It's funny because I, when, when they wanted to do that, I didn't have any pictures that I really liked that well. And they were in in a rush to get pictures. And I had had some professional pictures taken a few years before for some other project. And this picture that I, I just picked out, you know, I knew it was a professional picture. I picked it up. I look like some Russian uh, author, you know, the guy that with a little beard and the glasses, you know, that that wrote some novel, you know, in the middle of uh, of Russia, and I just you know, never thinking anybody would see it. Now, you know, it's like I got to live with this picture. It looks so stupid. But
3: uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I would totally want that card. I'm gonna send you my my uh, Pac Man Fever album, and I want okay, get, and I want to get and, and maybe you could sign that for me and send it back with. I'd love to. I'd
1: I very be very happy to do it. <laughs> That'd be so cool. And then oh, one more. I uh, send it back. I'll keep the album, but don't worry. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
3: I'll, send it nice. I'll send you two. I'll send
0: you two. And then uh, wrap it up here with 40th anniversary Star Wars pinball was announced from Stern. So I don't want to cover this very much because I hate Stern and I think their pinball machines. <laughs> oh, are
3: garbage. the negative wow, news
0: with garbage. Dan Reed. <laughs> I'm, I, I think anyone's a damn fool would... Dan Reed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're gonna spend eight grand on this you're a fool so i just want you to know anybody they uh they've got you hook line and sinker if oh. you're gonna spend eight grand on this stilly stupid ugly <laughs> ridiculous rehash you haven't even seen it. it might be really awesome no so you really not. like no i mean all these stern pinball machines are the same
3: i gotta say they are kind of cookie cutter these days
0: yeah they're just the same and they're not worth Whatever
1: ridiculous. I mean, what ten grand for one of these things? That I, I yeah, and whatever. they break down, and you you yep. you know you got to find somebody to fix them, and they yep. charge you an arm and a leg, and yeah, yep, maybe that, two arms and a leg.
0: I know, this is crazy. <laughs> and uh, and that's it for the arcade radio news. So over to you, Mark. Yes. Back in '82. I used to be able to throw pigskin a pigskin mile. Back back to the, to the cave! cave. With, with Time Runner! Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? All right,
4: that's the sound of the DeLorean door closing. Welcome to the <laughs> Back to the Cave segment. Uh, we're going back to, let's see, January, February, March. March 27th. <laughs> 1982 i'm like what's the third month <laughs> yeah three is a junior for march okay march 27th 1982 probably an exciting week for jerry oh yeah uh, i think i was in junior high not liking it oh but that's okay i was 10 um, i've <laughs> been out at junior high two years i think maybe oh, nice. i wasn't even 10 in march i was nine start early hey so on that day um Rocky three came out pretty good movie. Mr. Oh yeah. So either, you know, you could have heard Jerry song driving to Rocky three or coming back from Rocky three in all likelihood. It's the eye of the tiger. (laughs)
1: Yes.
4: (laughs) Which wasn't even in the top 10. We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) Uh, What was on TV? Well, WKRP was in its final season. It was actually a month away from the final episode on CBS.
0: WKRP not including such not
4: including difference. the revival in 1991
1: which was terrible.
4: Oh yeah, that was that was not good.
1: You know, that that was that show was written by a guy from here in Atlanta oh. and it was uh, based on a radio station here. Oh, that's cool. In Atlanta? Uh, but yes.
4: well, WKRP in Atlanta doesn't it's not as catchy. No. No, no. Why not? It's not it's not four syllables long.
3: Cincinnati, you're right. Cincinnati. <laughs> we're all like, hey, you're right. It is four
4: syllables. How do you do that so fast? Cincinnati.
3: I have show notes. <laughs> you have show notes.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, let's get to the good stuff: the top ten songs in the U.S. And we're gonna go. We're gonna start at number one. Number all right. one. All right. Wait. 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 wait you're
0: I'm not ready. Be, I am Whoa. going to be extremely bitter about the number one and number two positions on this why just,
3: you know, I, just <laughs> we're just taking on, this issue right really now negative
0: on my
4: part well all i know <laughs> is that i thought joan jet was super fine and i was okay with whatever this
0: i love rock and roll that's number one correct oh sweet but it's but it doesn't hold a, comp- a candle to number two
4: so let's just, let's just let's just jump straight to number two open arms by journey oh my god and, Mark, just Great for the
3: record, what, what what did this
0: peak at? It peaked... It had to be number two because they've never had a number yeah, one. That's right, they, they peaked at number two.
4: This that, was that's funny. funny, Journey never had a number one hit, ever. That is just
0: wrong. Joan Jett did not beat out know, <laughs> Journey. <laughs> Come on. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> oh, you guys.
3: Does anyone want to slow dance? Snowball? Anyone?
4: Did you ever... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Number 3 by the Go-Go's, We Got the Beat. I love this song. I oh, remember
1: I, listening to it in Pizza. I was piece. crazy for that. I, I wanted to we we were going to do a show with them and I was I uh, really had it oh, for uh, Belinda. Belinda. Oh, Belinda. Yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, I oh, wanted yeah. I, I said, "Can you book <laughs> us book us with them? I want to meet her, you know." And of course, you know, they never did because <laughs> oh. nothing to do with us probably. But. Oh, she
3: was, she was beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah decent I solo career too so what what are we on for number four again I can't remember
4: uh, that's uh, the little known Stevie Wonder hit That Girl oh yeah
0: this oh, is oh sure
3: he's just so good I love me some Stevie every now and then
5: I've been for long time.
3: he's been hurting for a long time oh uh should put a band-aid on it
5: <laughs> <laughs> And then this is number to, four somebody, come on i don't yeah, even know why
3: pac-man fever
1: is not already at the top of this
4: right now i know look at the, yes, this yes
1: yes none of these songs i, mean, have- I tell you i'll tell you the truth you know nobody was buying records much and then they were putting money in the the you know game machines and our record really should have been at the top of the charts because we were one of the few records selling uh, but everybody was spending quarters on the machines. You you remember?
5: Yeah,
4: oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I felt like whenever it came on the radio, it was like not having to pay to hear the cool sounds from the song. And do you remember I mean, like the, the value of a dollar back then? A oh, my four God. Four quarters? Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd work an hour and you get three bucks.
3: An, well, and you would just, I, I remember getting a, a dollar worth of quarters and being very careful which machines I put those into.
4: You'd work an know. hour and you get three bucks.
3: Three bucks. <laughs> What right, I, we have an echo. I don't know what happened there, but it, right. it, it, <laughs> this we're getting a little delay. So, uh, what's the next? What's the next song?
4: Number five, "Sweet Dreams" by Air Supply. Oh, oh Air
3: Supply! Yeah,
5: yeah. 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 they were. They were... <laughs> Boy, these guys! I'm telling you. Oh yeah.
0: <sighs> All right. So, next artist, huge crush. Oh, <laughs> well, you're already moving oh, on to... Andy. John, my love, oh, make a move on me.
3: Oh, well, we didn't even get to hear the chorus on that last one, but that's okay. Right.
0: so uh, next artist...
5: This...
3: This is a terrible Olivia Newton-John song. I think this is the one where she's wearing, like, a business suit. Oh, well, then I kind of like it. On your this is a weird song. I mean, it's not like Heart Attack or Physical or any of them. Magic. It's oh. a love ballad. Make a move on me. I can't wait. Here we go. I can't
0: wait. wait. Yeah. You, you, you got all it, Olivia. Right.
4: Yeah, she, 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 she was Ice pretty cringe. hot.
0: Yeah.
3: So, oh, good. what's the next one?
4: going here uh the next song number seven centerfold by the jay Gals band oh mm. okay iconic oh yeah
3: get all these guys i'm telling you peter wolf
0: you like peter wolf
3: yeah actually i like his solo stuff too yeah Does she walk? Does
0: she talk? Does she come but he's not that great of a singer Oh, I think he's overrated, but I that, that one album was pretty darn good.
3: I think Gary Garcia can outsing this guy. Oh.
1: Ooh, he would appreciate hearing that.
3: <laughs> I really I really do. I think he's got just uh, some awesome. Gary had pipes. a unique
1: voice, yeah. He he was really had a strong strong voice. I mean very strong, powerful. And he knew how to sing a song, knew how to phrase.
4: And speaking of a song with no phrasing, Chariots of Fire by Vangelis.
3: Oh my wow. goodness. So I don't know. I'm not. I,
4: you How do this even happened? Have you heard know, the, the, the version with the lyrics? No. Chariots of Fire.
3: <laughs> you
5: have
0: got to be kidding me.
1: Is it, is it real? That, no, no, it can't be, because
0: evangelists <laughs> never put a lyric to anything.
1: Have you, I, always, I always enjoyed the uh, Andy Griffith uh, theme sung by Andy Griffith. <laughs> Let's go to the watering hole.
3: You know, that's funny. The, the funny thing about that is that, you know, Chariots of Fire was such an unusual song, and why would it be on that Hot 100? I played it in my fifth grade um, talent show contest on the piano, and I won, um, you know, I won uh, like a Susan B. Anthony dollar. You know, but wow. like, I hate to break did it to you, but you didn't win the
1: game.
4: Yeah, did you?
3: I did not. Yeah, and, and this is actually not even the right song, but but you get the idea. Some Van, evangelist song. Van it is, it is Vangelis.
1: Vangelis, Vangelis. Yeah, you know
4: the only reason why it was popular because the Academy Awards had just been on like a month
1: prior. Yeah, so it's true. That's the fault. Yeah. Can you still play the song if you had to? I can.
3: I can. I can. I still can play that on the piano. Mm-hmm.
1: You, We should be able to, I wish we could hear it.
3: Oh, I do too. I don't have a keyboard hooked up. Otherwise I'd play it for you right now. So that's, that's good advice though. I will, I have to get a little MIDI set up here and, you know, make sure I've got my keyboard hooked up and I can just play songs for.
1: And a, you need a tip jar.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a tip jar. <laughs> Jerry, don't, don't promote him to do this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already a reckless mess. You know <laughs> You don't want that.
4: Hey, so, so l- l- let's address number ten, and then we'll get to number nine. Ten okay. was freeze frame again by the Jay Giles Band. Oh, what oh
3: what are they doing on the? You know, oops. You know, what? Are, what are they? What, what are they doing on the? Oh yeah, freeze frame. It's because of MTV.
4: Yep. It's a good song
3: though. It's a good song, but it's not as good as what was at number nine that week.
4: Yeah, just get this junk off the air. That's we a go. okay. Off the air. okay. <laughs> Number nine, and Number it was for two weeks. It was such a strong hit, Pac-Man Fever. Oh, yeah. I'm telling
3: you. What an awesome drum beat, too. To Jimmy
4: Whitaker played, played
3: that. Oh, my
4: gosh. Nice.
3: Wow just gonna cut that before we get in trouble for playing too much of it so I'm happy
4: <laughs>
1: play all you want
4: <laughs> i love it i love it so, so that's the back to the cade. let's uh whoa let's go check on some voicemails while we're at it wow well we do have some voicemails
3: we have at least one voicemail we always do all right let's let's see what he's got to say well i'm assuming i'm already assuming there's there's only one in the pipe so who could it be zarzadek zarzadek
0: (laughs) zarzadek
3: we're gonna have to have a whole show with just zarzadek we're
0: gonna have to have we'll have to have bob on as a guest someday that would be awesome awesome.
3: oh i oh that's really weird he is a little odd hangs out behind a walmart (laughs) he's (laughs) He's really into white (laughs) all right let's see who it is it might not be him okay here we go Or it's Keith, Bob. Ratio Bros
4: yeah. and Dan
5: Reed. Uh, <laughs> it's Your uh, your lo- uh, love you long time caller
4: Bob Zarsadek. I- I'd like to welcome uh, Jerry Buckner to the shower. Oh no wait. No no I mean I mean the <laughs> show. I'm, yeah, sorry sorry I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> uh,
5: uh, I have been afflicted with Pac Man fever since the early 80s, and uh, I was just calling to see if there was any cures for that particular fever. Uh, I'm starting to get
4: real worried about Pac-Man brain damage. So,
1: uh,
4: yeah, anyway, uh, I'll hang up now and listen to your response in 94 hours. So,
1: thanks for well, playing Well, I think the, the brain damage the has account. already occurred. I don't know if there's too much we can do to help you there.
5: <laughs> oh, my God! More
1: cowbell. That's a show. More short oh my God. Yeah, more cowbell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't I, there is no cure for Pac-Man fever. Uh, it's just uh, you know you have to have to go with it and and of course, it can be dangerous as you just uh, heard. <laughs>
3: oh my gosh, that guy he calls in like I don't know
0: every week
4: every was week. there ever a chance that there could have been like a sequel song like you considered maybe or was it that was just Pac-Man, one and done Miss Pac-Man fever?
1: well. You know, when when uh, when CBS it was a local release first because nobody wanted it, and then they when it became a within one week it sold to ten thousand copies in Atlanta, then uh, CBS Records took it, Columbia, and uh, um, we wanted we they wanted an album deal, so we started working on an album, and you know we were regular songwriters, and that's what we did along with jingles, and uh, the vice president flew down from CBS to to check on how the album was coming. And when he heard the songs, he goes, no, 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 no. We want all game songs, all game songs. <laughs> and we thought, well, you know, we wanted to try to, you know, I mean, we tried to Pac-Man fever. We tried to write it as a pop song first. We didn't want to just throw some sound effects in there or whatever. And we were hoping that we could kind of go from that, you know, slide into some other stuff. And, uh, but, but they said, no. And of course, you know, CBS is going to do what they want to do. So the answer to the long answer to the question is, um, we did the other game songs, uh, but we were hoping, you know, we had some other things to move on to. And, uh, ET I love you was actually, uh, kind of a, a ballad that we did and, and had a high hopes for that's another story we can talk about later. But
3: yeah. So I want to just, yeah. before we jump into the interview, I want to just say the chat is hopping tonight. We have Andy Baldman, mm-hmm. We have Mark. Well, Mark, you're already in there. I'm on, <laughs> I'm on there. Yes. We have Christine Levin. We have, uh, Randall Gelking. We have, Dave Randall. from Buffalo. Oh my gosh. And Randall's been a you know, he's been a true fan since the beginning. Yep. And then we, we have uh British fifteen hundred. Um we have
1: uh British fifteen hundred?
3: That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay. I think it has something to do with a car. I'm not really sure. He's uh and then we have uh yeah. So we got we we have a lot of people in the chat tonight. Is there anyone else I missed right now? For-
4: right. So oh, this is the only ones talking right now. This is the only ones
3: talking. Okay. So we, and we have, yeah. So we'll, if we get any questions from the audience, we will make sure to interject. But at this point, uh, I think it's time to start the interview. What was that? <laughs> our intro. Oh, okay. We have drum rolls and everything.
2: Be oh, cool. our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test.
3: And one more time, let's welcome to the show, Mister Jerry Buckner. That's me. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> oh, it's so we're so excited to have you on the show, right, guys? Yep. Yes, I yep, agree. Yep. 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 So you and Gary grew up together and had known each other since junior high. Tell us a little bit about how you became the professional team of Buckner and Garcia.
1: Well, as you, as you said, we grew up together, uh, from junior high school on up and, um, in high school, Gary actually had a band of his own. and So did I, uh, his first band was called Biggie and his rats. (laughs) And, uh, I was pretty impressed when I saw that he was Biggie, of course. And, uh, so we, uh, decided to, at some point team up together and play. So we played in Akron, Ohio, where we were from, played around town and clubs and everything, which, you know, we hated. So uh I had a, a friend here in Atlanta that was working with some guys, uh, you know, some some people in the business and convinced me to come down here and I did. And uh eventually Gary came down and about a year later and then we started working together and uh like we had been in Akron and doing jingles and stuff like that, and then working on songs, and that's kind of how we kind of how we got together and uh kept working until we find you know, we had a couple minor hits before we had Pac-Man, but uh that's kind of how we got together.
3: That's awesome. So what was it like? Tell tell us a little bit of what it was like
1: to work with Gary. Uh, Gary was, uh, he, he was an, uh, an incredible, incredibly talented guy, but uh, he was a very smart guy yeah. and he, he had a little bit of a, little bit of a temper. He could get upset pretty quick. You could, yeah, you know, very short fuse. Um, but he was a perfectionist and uh, wanted everything, you know, to be, be perfect which of course you know it's tough to do in this world
3: I don't know anybody like that Yeah right
1: <laughs> and uh <laughs> uh but uh we the thing about us we we seemed to just fit together really well his whatever he was weak in I was strong in and vice versa and when we got together it seemed like things would happen you old magic would start to happen and things would you know would would work out for us and uh but we spent a lot of time in the studio, uh, years and years, uh, you know, learning how to, to do things, record and, and all that stuff and write songs. But, uh, he was my best friend. Uh, I, 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 loved him. I miss him every day. Um, and, and, uh, he had a very unique personality and, and a unique voice and, um, uh, yeah, he had an uh, amazing voice actually. He, uh, yeah, he really did it. Very Strong. powerful. Yeah. Very yeah powerful voice. I mean it'd melt your hair if you got in front of him, you know? <laughs> and uh we, we used to we loved to play. I mean we loved to play just to play. When we were back in Akron when we were younger, we'd go somewhere and if there's a piano we'd st- I'd start playing, he'd sing, and we'd draw a huge crowd and sometimes we'd get work out of it. You know, hey you guys who are you working at? And we did that a lot. I mean we were an ice cream parlor one time and started playing a piano in there and drew a crowd and the guy hired us. Uh and we didn't do it for that reason. We just loved playing uh together and we So we, we spent a lot of time as a duo and, uh, and really, you know, really enjoyed it. That's great. So you, you two had a long career in music. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We started, uh, gosh, we, I, I was 13 years old when I did my first recording session in Akron and, uh, Gary's band shortly after that, they did at, at the same studio did, did some songs, but, uh. Yeah, we were. Gary started out with that old silver tone guitar, and you know they used to have the amplifier in the in the guitar case. Do you remember those?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, I do.
1: And uh, that's how he started. And uh, I had a little Wurlitzer piano, um, and uh, you know we just we just we loved doing it. I mean, we just loved doing it. If you made some money, that was great. You know, I mean, we played places where you'd make two bucks a piece, so we didn't care. <laughs> Not till we got older, you know. Then then you right. start to care. You know, you got bills. Right,
4: right. Hey, so I I have a couple questions. Actually, sure. I have about seven people I'm interested in hearing about, and then these may take a little while to go over. Can you tell us a little bit about your work interactions with American Bandstand,
1: for instance? It was uh, most fantastic. One of the most fantastic experiences of my life. Uh, we grew up watching that show, like uh, most you know people in our our age group, and uh, when we got the ABC to do it. Um, we they gave us separate dressing rooms and Huey Lewis was in one room, uh, Sheena Easton in another one, Bernie, uh, uh, not Bernie, Bertie Higgins was down the hallway. Anyway, you know, you hear that voice in the hallway, uh, that famous voice and you're going, you know, all of a sudden you just, I, we got nervous and he, in, in, he comes, you know, there's Dick Clark and he comes in and plops down on the couch, you know, and, uh, Hey, how you guys doing? You know, and, uh, well, you know, and we're just staring at him because, you know, we're just completely, uh, intimidated. And, uh, we talked, he talked about how we were going to do things and he asked us a, a question, you know, just a test question for the interview. And we just stared at him and he said, guys, you know, you <laughs> it's television. You got to talk. You can't stand there. So, uh, I thought, well, hopefully he'll, uh, ask Gary the first question, but going down there to do the show, I mean, you're standing out there and you're looking at the all the stuff, the top 10 board, all that stuff you've seen on TV all your life. And you go, I can't believe I'm here doing this. And, uh, it was very, very scary to do, you know, to do. And, uh, but Mr. Uh, Dick Clark was just nicest guy. I mean, he was very nice to us and played our songs, played our second release, uh, promoted our album on his national radio show. And, uh, it was just, I, I can't say enough about him. He was a very nice man. Uh, and I was really glad we got to do the show and meet him. It was great. That's awesome. What about,
4: uh, the band 38 special? I understand you sort of had to interact with them in some way.
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, uh, hmm. they were doing, uh, their album, uh, at night uh, in the same studio we were at, we were working in the day and every night and the engineer we had sometimes worked with them some. And, uh, so uh, Fernie was his nickname, the engineer and, uh, Fernie used to talk about, you know, we had to hear about 38 every time we came in there and, you know, how the, well, one day I just, you know, had enough of hearing about it. And I said, I said, you know, that's just a bunch of guitars and crap. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the word I use. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, for some reason, uh, he, he tells 38 special and for some reason, Gary got blamed for it. <laughs> so the next day we come to the studio, there's a, a picture drawn up on the wall. And one of the guys in the band had drawn a picture of Gary. and They made him look really fat. And they made him look like a Neanderthal man in his head. And they drew a belt with pictures of Pac-Man on the belt, you know, like all around him and everything. I mean, it was just awful, you know, horrible. And Gary saw that and boy, that set him off, man. He said, okay, okay. So he went out and hired a professional artist to take a blank album cover at the time and, and put on there, the album was called guitars and crap. Uh, and it had a picture of dog crap on the front with the little lines, like, you know, where you could smell it coming off and the songs were listed guitars and Shit," uh, sh- and guitars, uh, two guitars in a pile of sh- You know, that was all the songs and uh, <clears throat> had that put up, he put that up in the studio. And apparently when they saw it, uh, the one guy just went, furious. I mean, it was like he was, so Gary got the best of him, but, uh, I'll never forget. That it was pretty funny. That picture, the Pac-Man thing was just awful. Wow.
4: So hey, how about, um, Chrissy Hind?
1: Chrissy's from Akron. Chrissy used to come out to, uh, uh <clears throat> excuse me, Gary's band outlaws played at, at a place called the castle, which was a teen dance club, uh, just outside the city. And, uh, I had a Blake out there to swim and stuff. And uh, she used to come out there, and she told us, uh, you know, I'm going to be a big star one day. You know, I'm going go to go England or something, whatever. And, you know, nobody took her serious, but hey, guess what? <laughs> she wow. went and did
3: it. Yeah, she's like, yeah. Oh, Pretenders are so famous. She still,
1: she still hangs around Akron. I mean, she uh, had a restaurant up there for a while, but it, it didn't happen. You know, but I think she's in and out of there now.
3: She's touring now as Pretenders, but the rest of the band is not original. It's just her and yeah. Uh,
1: and,
3: as long as it's her. I'm good with it. There's more stories, but we won't tell them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Go. Cool. Come on. Oh. Okay. Well, that'll be about, like that'll be like the uh, special director's cut edition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I. I. Uh, I'd have to have my attorney present. I love it.
3: I love it. I love it.
1: Well, We're, how about uh, how about Anne, Anne, Anne
4: Murray? Any stories?
1: Anne Murray. Uh, yeah. Anne, uh, uh, the producer producing one of her albums, heard my song and and w- recorded it on her. And, uh, it was one of the singles. And so she happened to come to town at the time, uh, to perform in concert. So uh, I got a call from uh, my manager said, Hey, uh, I set up a deal for you to go down and meet Ann and talk to her and say hello and all this and that. And I said, yeah, okay. So I go down there and, uh, I, <laughs> I were, I took a couple of friends with me uh, and we're down there and they tell me to come on backstage. I go backstage and they put me into this room with uh, a bunch of her uh, fans that that were uh, won a contest to meet Ann. So I'm standing <laughs> in line with a record I wanted her to sign, and I get up to her and I and I go, "Hi, Ann," I said. I'm Jerry Buckner. I wrote uh, uh, on and on your your latest single. Okay, great. And she signs it. And that was <laughs> that was it. Okay, wow. great. You know, see you. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad I came down for that. You know. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh, that's but, uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was brutal. It <laughs> brutal.
4: Okay, how about your work on WKR? The WKRP theme. I mean, I'm.
1: I'm. I'd like that story clarified. The story clarified. What part? What part of the lie do you not like?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you sing it on the show, or is it just the extended version? Well, um, you meaning yeah. your team. Okay, Steve Carlisle uh, was the vocalist on that. Steve. Uh, saying, uh, a great singer it still is. And he's saying a lot of demos. I mean, a lot of commercials here in Atlanta. And, uh, uh, when the show came on the air or not bef- before it came on the air, uh, Hugh Wilson is the, is the guy that w- he worked at an advertising agency here in Atlanta and he developed the show. He went out to California and got in with Mary Tyler Moore and, uh, he based it on Quixie radio, which Medicine was here in connection. Atlanta. I mean, th- the characters were all fictitious, but that's the basis for it. Well, he knew Steve from working together in the studio doing commercials. So he had Steve sing the theme song to the show, but back then theme songs, they didn't, you know, most of them were just 30 seconds long or whatever. And that was it. So, uh, when we made a deal to produce Steve on some other songs, uh, with MCA records, when they found out that he is a guy did the theme, they go, Hey, you know, we, we got to do the the theme song, you know, put that out too. Well, couldn't do that because it wasn't long enough. So uh, we had to help uh, extend the song, write some new lyrics, extend it out and uh, make it a whole record. And that's, that's kind of what happened. So uh, that's, you know, that's what you're hearing when you listen to the record is uh, an extended version and you've exposed me. Thank you very much. I love it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's really good. Um, that's, me playing, that's me playing piano, the piano solo in there. I'm very proud of that.
4: I like it. I, I've listened to some of your uh, albums where it's just you playing, and it's great. Oh, well, thank you. Great that's work. Fine. Thank you. Uh, fellow pianist here. Um, okay, oh, so you play piano. Do you play I do. It?
5: I do. What Not as well did, as you.
1: What course did you take when you were learning?
4: Uh, I, I, I I can't remember her, but um, the, the piano teacher was very attractive, yeah, my parents, my parents made
3: on. me
1: go there. Go on. I love, I, Dan. I love Dan. No piano no piano teacher could be attractive. Are you serious? Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, my uh, piano although... teacher was not attractive. I, I took from a lady named Mrs. Eagleson, and you can, you know, she looked like her name. I mean you can imagine. <laughs> it's like and Sam the Eagle from the night. Muppets. <laughs> Yeah, she had a very nice husband. She was very old at the time. She had a very nice husband, but she was really not a very nice nice person. And uh, she hated me because I wouldn't practice. And uh, yeah. and I wasn't a rich kid, and she happened to be in a rich neighborhood. I don't know how my dad found that, but he stuck me over there. <laughs> and I would go in there. And so one time I went in there, and I said, uh, Mrs. Eagleson, I had I made up this little song. You know, I was, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. And I'm real proud of this little song I wrote at home. And I said, Can I play you this song? Well, we'll play it at the end of the uh, lesson. Okay, great. <clears throat> so at the end of the lesson, I said, Can I play my song? Yes, Gerald. So <clears throat> I played my song. And she goes, Okay, that's nice. But you need to work on your lessons, you know. And just destroyed me. It's like, Oh, oh. My gosh. Uh, so I, I should have smacked her. if <laughs> <laughs> We can only go back. <laughs> I no. did. I did have a piano
4: teacher before this one who would like slap my hand if I played wrong notes. Oh so my gosh! Is, I oh, did get a little bit of that. On. I yeah. did. <laughs> That's great. Suzuki piano. You- Mrs. Benham. Um. So let's uh let's talk about these last two couple of things here. Uh, Wreck It Ralph, of course. You know it's been widely covered. You were you you your song was in, in the film. You know what? Did you end up? The, uh, nobody sent you a Fix It Felix, I assume, in
1: Wreck It Ralph. The game. Well, that was the actual. <clears throat> that's what was going to be the name originally, Fix It Felix. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> and they changed it to Wreck It to Ralph. Yeah, that's that's a better name. <clears throat> did you have to write a song so. called Fix It Felix? Yeah. the The song originally was called Fix It Fix It Felix.
3: Oh, what? Do you have a demo of that?
1: Yeah, yeah let's hear it. You didn't know that? That's a uh, now you know a little secret. It is. When, yeah it was called the song was fix it fix it felix but then they thought yeah that doesn't really work so it was changed to wreck it wreck it rob okay that's awesome wow. all <laughs> kinds of
0: insider information
1: and, and
3: so how how many weeks did you have to make that song anyway
1: uh we had a hurry because uh it was kind of a last uh, minute thing to add to the film and so we had to do it very quickly i think they we started on it in july uh of of that summer before it came out in October of 2012, I guess. And so, uh, they held up the film for us to get the song done. And who,
3: well, oh, wow. and who, was like in the, in Disney studios or Pixar going, wasn't Disney. That was Disney, but who, who was going, um, so who can we get to do this? Oh, I know Jerry Buckner, Buckner and Garcia, they got to do this song. So, I mean, what, who was thinking that
1: the director of the music there, and, uh, my brain is fried at the moment. <laughs> we just talked the other day. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm, I don't, I haven't talked to him in, in about eight months. Excuse me. <clears throat> I got junk on my throat today. the um, Henry Jackman you're talking about. No, not him. He did the, he did the, the, uh, the film music. Oh, uh, I mean sure. the, the, you know, the, the instrumental stuff. Um, I see. And I golly, I, this is embarrassing. Uh Tom uh, uh Tom, 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 Tom 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 I can't think of his last name. But he called me just make up your own last name. McDougal? Uh, Johnson? Tom McDougal, Tom McDougal. Yeah.
4: Yes, you did it, you did, did it. You
3: know, how did you
1: know McDougal? Google. I am
4: on Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, Tom McDougal. I'm Tom, if you're by any chance ever listening to this, exactly. I apologize. We'll see. send him a link. Um, we apologize Tom, too. He, he may be on there right now, as a matter of fact. Um <laughs> And, uh, Tom called me one day, McDougal. And he said, hi, Jerry, uh, Tommy McDougall of Disney. Uh, listen, we have this song that we would really like you, you, you know, you guys to record for the movie. And uh, are you interested? And of course I said, no, I have no interest in a Disney movie. You know, uh, what do you mean? Am I interested? Where, where, where do we, where do we sign? You know, right. uh, <laughs> but I explained to him, I said, I said, uh, Tom Gary's, you know, uh, just passed away. And, uh, so he said, well, can't you still do it and have somebody else sing it? And I said, well, it's not going to sound like Gary. And he said, uh, well, he said, name recognition is is real important here too. I said, well, okay. So uh, Danny Jones, uh, who was a lifelong friend and played in the original band, played studio stuff. He and I he had his own studio and i said danny you you think you could sing this thing and he goes you know so he gave it a try and he did a good job on it did some good background vocals and disney loved it they were when they heard it i didn't know what they would say and they they loved it um jamie houston is another guy he was a a producer they sent out here from la to work with me on it you know i guess babysit maybe make sure everything went right but we we became good friends in fact i just talked to him today uh trying to find out if on the new the second film i talked to tom and asked him if the song will be in the new film. And he said, well, they said, we're still about a year away. They're still working on it. You know, they got a long way to go. So oh, we're not sure yet at, uh, uh, if, if they'll use it in the new. I hope they will because it fits the character.
4: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, we'll be pushing for that. Mm-hmm. That'll be great. Well, uh, also, uh, Family Guy is supposed to be using the song in one of their shows next year. Oh, my God. Oh, that'll be funny. Did you ever hear Homer Simpson sing the song? No. Yeah, he uh we were on the Simpsons. It, he actually sings 3 or 4 lines on one of the shows uh <clears throat> uh for I forget what the show was about, but yeah, we we were on the Simpsons. Goldberg's, Adam Goldberg's a big fan. He grew up, you know, with our song. Mm-hmm. And uh he they used the song in the Goldbergs and uh, oh, that's so cool. cool. So you know, a lot of stuff happening.
3: Yeah.
4: It's good that we have this renaissance of 80s. I mean, it's like Yeah i totally agree perfect timing I totally um, agree Hey, totally okay, so tubular. my last uh little ask ask about your interactions the pac-man fever remix for the 30th anniversary
1: um yeah we we were thinking uh when the pixel movie was going to come out uh we weren't a part of it and to this day i don't know why but we weren't they they never contacted us but anyway uh, it that's got us thinking up. and thought, well, maybe we should do, maybe we should do an updated version of the song. It's been, you know, <laughs> quite a while. Uh, and so that's, that was the idea behind it. And, uh, so we did, uh, and we, uh, in the, in the, the guitar break, uh, I decided I took Gary out of the original track and he does a thing where he goes, huh? And we put him in there. So he would be in the, in that version. Oh, cool. <clears throat> and, uh, the only thing is, you know, Rich, you know who Richie Knuckles is? You know who oh, Richie yeah. is? Oh, yes. So Richie's a good friend. Well, Richie, uh, I sent him a, a copy to hear, you know, before it was released, see what he thought. And he said, man, I can't stand the rap stuff in there. I said, what? I said, well, Rich, you know, we got to kind of <laughs> update it a little bit, you know. Oh, I and love he, it. He said, well, he said, I like the record, but I don't like the rap. I like the, you know, but a lot, I think most people like it. I mean, it had to be updated a little bit. Yeah. Know?
3: Oh, i think the original is great i i love the update i think uh you got to give it a chance and if there was a 45 of it i would stick it in my jukebox
1: yeah oh well thank you thank you uh they i get i mean are records are are people pressing records much anymore i I know they do some albums don't
3: they uh yeah they're doing albums
4: final is making a resurgence
3: i will tell you jerry i actually had my own 45 pressed for a single that i wanted in my jukebox there's a guy in really? yeah there's a guy in England that did uh like a run of eight for me for not an uh, not a reasonable amount of money you know but <laughs> I <a> <laughs> but you know I probably paid way more than I should have maybe uh 15 bucks a record but then I was able to give them away so oh cool yeah and and it's a local band here called the suburbs and I had a couple of of tracks make. So I would love to press your record. Um put it in my my jukebox because one of the cool things is when you when you see that you have a 45 jukebox and somebody puts and they're like, where did you get that single? That's brand new. There's nobody that's even pressing that. So it's like it's kind of kind of one of well, those things.
1: I you know I just today I was looking through I, I collect records as a hobby. I've always collected them for years. And I got a ton of them. And I'm looking through some albums trying to find a particular album and I came upon a a little stash of original pac-man fever albums that are just like brand new never oh, uh, nothing cool. uh, open or anything Very and nice. uh, i thought that was uh, kind of cool there's 80s uh, air trapped inside what us. i'll do with them but uh sign them and give them to us
5: <laughs> yes. yeah, of course there go. of course and
1: i've also got you know the the song was put out on a local label originally, and I've got a few of those left too. And that, those are 45s. I probably got a I probably got Pac Man Fever forty five. I'll, I'll send you one if you oh, want it. That'd be so
3: one. great. I would great.
4: love that. I would put it in my
3: jukebox oh, and I'd be like,
4: I would have to check Adam's mailbox. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I can I, I mean I if I can send to all three of you guys if you oh, want. you're the
0: oh, best oh that's that perfect that's legendary that's framable stuff
3: so i'm getting a question from the audience jerry did okay. you ever get any accolades from other musical artists for your songs
1: you know we have uh, i've had a lot of compliments from different people and people who there was a guy in uh in nashville who uh, contacted me one time and he had he said i grew up listening to your record i loved your recording and the stuff you did and he turned out to be he had some some big songs that he produced and everything um yeah we 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 do you know i mean you you're going to get criticized too. I don't care who you are. There's always going to be people to criticize you, but we've had a lot of uh, positive uh, stuff and it's um, it's, it's always been nice, you know, to, uh, to hear that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, the people that played on the album were all top notch musicians. I mean, these were these people were great players Hmm. and I think that, you know, did a good job on on all the songs. That's great.
3: So, um, that was from Christine in Golden Valley, Minnesota.
0: Okay. Thank you, Christine. If you're listening. Thank you. <laughs> Jerry, I got a uh, another question too. I got a text from one of my friends here who's okay. listening, and he wants to know if you expected Pac-Man Fever to have the longevity that it has had.
1: Um, I, I, I didn't I did not. I'll answer that ab- abruptly. Um, when we cut that song, the idea we thought that uh, if we do this record, Gary and I thought, cause we were doing jingles at having very successful uh, career doing jingles here in Atlanta. And we thought, let's do this thing. Cause you know, maybe get us some attention for more jingles. And So when we cut it, we, we, we realized that it was a, you know, we knew we had a cool record, but I never dreamed that it would do even what it did then, let alone what it is now. And, uh, uh, it was, it was, I mean, it was just, now Gary said he always believed that. I don't know, but if I'm being honest, I, I, I just couldn't conceive that, that it would be like that. But, uh, uh, it, it, you know, and now it's like, I think, you know, we've kind of become a, a part of pop culture. Uh, yeah. you know, it's just people that grew up with it and a lot of memories for folks. And, um, uh, I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy going to the, some of the shows and meeting everybody and, and, uh, and talking. And it's just, uh, because of the, you know, the video game, uh, strength of all that uh we've just it, it continues just to live on and on and on i mean it was in the rose rose bowl parade a couple of years ago they were playing it in the float and you know it's just it's just been crazy but but very you know very enjoyable
0: that's great um also let's talk a little bit about your current projects are you doing anything right now let's do some shameless plugs it's, for it's you plug time plug plugging
1: what can we sell now <laughs> You know, uh, you know, we've got, I mean, our, our website is BucknerGarcia.com. And, and I, I, anybody's welcome to go there and check it out if you want. Uh, and we have, you know, a few things that, uh, um, uh, there, if you, you know, if you're interested, we have a Pac-Man fever vault. that has got pictures and songs and all kinds of stuff in there. And, uh, it's pretty cheap actually. If anyone's interested in, in, in seeing that, you can go check it out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, um, Actually, you know, uh, 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 we're we're thinking about a couple of things. The video that we did, uh, did you guys like the video on the new song? I
3: thought funny. it was pretty fun. Was
1: yeah, very fun. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was a lot of money. Steelhouse Productions did that, and they, what a great job! They've also they're actually doing a whole movie, and that was part of that was their movie, and part of it was original they, that they cool. they did. Uh, but we we've got a couple ideas and some things that we want to do. We, you know, we have T-shirts for sale, all the usual stuff, and pictures. If you want a picture and all that. Uh, and but, buy all uh, their albums on
3: CD baby. baby. Yeah.
1: yeah. What's that CD baby? Yeah. Buy yeah. All, buy yeah. All it. It's on there and I, iTunes and all that. And, uh, and, and then of course I did that uh, album uh, later uh, with uh, the interviews with Gary and all that anniversary album. Praise and uh, that was a, a great fun project. I enjoyed doing that. And
0: what, uh what are you doing in the future here? What are you working on now? What, uh what do we have to look forward to?
1: You know, I'm, I'm working on some uh, Christian songs, that, uh, contemporary Christian songs, a couple of them I'm working with, uh, with on that. And I'm also working on uh, a book and, uh, I do a lot of voice work. That's why my throat's kind of rough. I was doing voice work all day and I got into voice acting and I really enjoy it. And cause I was doing radio for a long time. I was doing morning show here in Atlanta and doing characters and all that. And so I, I have a lot of voice work I do every day, which I enjoy doing. Uh, so I stay, you know, I stay pretty busy and, uh uh, but I do all kinds of music. I do different, you know, different uh, things. I just did a jingle for a, a company, so I'm open for business. You know, just give me <laughs> a call. <goal.
5: laughs> so,
1: but being independently wealthy, I I really don't. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I see. Uh, I can't believe somebody has that. Let me tell you, the question you always get is, "How much money did you make off Pac-Man?" <laughs> that's what, nah, always, uh, that's we, not we actually, important we actually had a, a woman actually asked us that they, uh, a school asked if they could bring uh, their uh, several classes to the studio where we were working on some stuff and these kids come in and so the teachers are with them and his teacher says, how much money are you making off this? And so our manager said, well, how much money is your husband making? You know, <laughs> and uh, I don't think she appreciated that, but uh, you know, people, uh, I told uh, one of my favorite stories is we were in New York and we were doing uh, Nickelodeon and i don't know if you guys remember but uh there was uh, there was a big stink about the kids you know spending all their money on these games and and of course some organization was formed a bunch of ladies formed an organization anti-video game organization i don't remember who they were but they got some national press and you know they were feeling their oats well this show on nickelodeon and i can't recall the name of the show but it was like a talk show thing like a phil donahue kind of thing for kids (laughs)
5: <laughs> and anyway,
1: they, they had a, a whole show devoted to video games. Now this is 82 when everything is just exploding. So we're in a green room, uh, in there with uh, various people to be on the show. And, uh, there was some people from the video game companies were in there. And then there was just two or two women from this, uh, national group, anti video game group, oh, wow. and they get into this massive argument with the video game guys and I'm sitting there, and Gary and I, and I look at him, and I'm thinking, when they find out who we are, I mean, these people are gonna, you know, they're gonna attack us. Was this the show Live Wire with Fred Newman? Live Wire, yes. That, yeah, yes. my gosh! Yeah, yeah that's Good Live guess. Wire. Good guess. And uh, we were actually drinking beer back there before that. <laughs> we were drinking beer behind the screen. When they pulled it up, they almost caught us drinking beer when they went live. Anyway, nice. so we're in there, and and these women are fighting everything. So everything quiets down for a minute. And the woman turns to me and she says, uh, "Are you one? Are you one of the guys that do that? You know, do that record Pac-Man fever?" And you know, I reluctantly say, "Well, you know, yes." And she says, "Can I get your autograph, for my daughter? She, lo- <laughs> she loves the record, and couldn't have been nicer." And then walks out on national TV and you know, and uh, and rags on the video game industry. It's, it's people. And it's crazy. If
0: you uh, if you had any advice for aspiring arcade podcasters, what would it be?
1: Well. First, they would need talent like you guys oh, <laughs> oh damn oh stroking the ego <laughs> right. no, i, I mean,
4: every I'm album serious.
1: now <laughs> i'm serious i think you guys are i think you guys are terrific you got really i, I enjoy uh I, i'm sitting here listening to the show listen you guys i think it's great oh it's great uh, i'd love to hear that I would, I would encourage you to keep going you're going to continue to grow an audience you guys are entertaining fantastic oh, I'd love i love to hear man. that so um on to pac-man
3: fever Yes. Let, let's talk a little bit about the Pac-Man fever. Yes. Um, and Mr. Zarzadek's fever; he can't get rid of. How did that track actually come to be?
1: We were doing commercial jingles uh, in a studio up in uh, Marietta, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta, and doing what we always do. And we were working at night at this particular time, and so we decided uh, on you know to go have uh, dinner, uh, eat, take a break, eat dinner at this restaurant on marietta square marietta georgia it's a square and it's uh, you know they got all the junk there in restaurants so we go in this restaurant well there's this game in there a pac-man game never saw it before people are playing it so you know we're like everybody else we got hooked on it and next thing you know we're coming in there with bags you know quarters to play this stupid game instead of working in the studio (laughs) we're, we're sitting there for three hours the engineer's calling us you know hey you guys coming back you know and he had uh, a
3: legitimate like addiction to the game
1: oh yeah it was you know just like everybody i mean everybody you remember it was just crazy yeah uh people couldn't get enough of it so um anyway um uh, we at some point uh we thought you know well actually i i was sort of thinking about a song and i thought wonder you know this is like a a fever you know maybe we can do you know so i wrote this uh chorus and a couple lines and i played it for gary i said what do you think and he said I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He said, "Let's let's mess with it." So we we messed around with it a little bit, and we took it to Arnie Geller, our uh, manager at the time. And they were Bowie Geller was doing Atlanta Rhythm Section, and oh, uh, I love ARS. Some other 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 groups that you know they were doing national stuff there. So we took it over there, and uh, they liked it. They said, "Well, why don't you guys go ahead and cut it?" You know, here at the studio. So we went back, and we. And we looked at the lyrics, and we thought, you know, we don't like the lyrics, so we wrote whole whole new lyrics. I wish I had those original lyrics. Oh, It'd that'd be
3: fun. Be fun. Them. That'd be really yeah. fun. And but so, they,
1: they're gone. Oh, so we, uh, uh, anyway. So that that uh, we went and and uh, recorded it.
0: Would it be safe to assume that you actually coined the term Pac Man Fever? Then yes, we did. I did. Nice.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm, so cool. I'm
1: guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And then what we would do is go out, you know, when we did the album, we'd have to go out every night and find a new game somewhere and find somebody <laughs> who knew how to play it. And we'd go back home and stay up all night and write a song, go in the studio the next day because they, they wanted the album immediately. So we worked night and day on the album to get it uh, get it done so they could put it out. Mark, there, you got, Mark, you got to ask your question about the recording of the sounds. Oh,
4: yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> So the sounds of the games playing, obviously in Pac-Man, but then all the others. Now, who went out? Did you have some, like, a scout go out and do that, or did
1: you personally go out? I mean, no, we we didn't do it. The engineer went out. Uh, we just told him what to go, you know, which games to go, and he would go. And I mean, you know, back then they didn't have any anything like what it is now. I mean, there was no direct connections to anything, so he would have to go out literally with a, a tape recorder and a microphone and tape this stuff live, you know, <laughs> in a arcade or a in Pac-Man, in the case of Pac-Man, it was uh, recorded in a uh, sandwich shop, as I remember. Oh my gosh! And uh, they uh, always claimed that, that the original—you could hear somebody ordering a sandwich in the background. Uh, It—I I think it was edited out. I mean, I can't hear it now, but that was a rumor that went around. People <laughs> always ask me about that, and it's oh, a, you know it's God. a great story. Describe yeah, somebody ordered right. a corned beef sandwich, but uh, but I but there was you know obviously there was some crosstalk on there because it was a, a restaurant people sure. in there ordering food oh well, that's crazy i love that
4: that's a good story i oh i can't remember my other my other question i'll come back <laughs>
3: don't go <laughs> so many of us that collect so we have an idea but officially why those eight games for pac-man fever
1: uh, uh well uh, again i think we went out and in, uh and in, and we we'll go to arcades or wherever, and just ask people, because you know this was just all happening at one time, and uh, and you know, and they would say, well, you know, this is a hot game. Um, why we never did Space Invaders? I don't know, because that was a big game at the time. You know, yeah. I mean, that was a huge game.
3: But uh, you did Pac-Man, like, Centipede, Frogger, Donkey Kong, Asteroids, which you mentioned was your favorite, Defender, Mousetrap, Berserk.
1: Yeah, and and Mousetrap. Uh, was my least favorite song on there actually mousetrap and berserk were two other songs and I it's it's a, a funny story we had cut these regular songs and then they said they got to be game songs well we'd spent a bunch of money on the other two so we had to rewrite the lyrics and make them game songs oh and <laughs> so there's actually original I have copies of you in the Pac-Man fever vaults you can hear the original songs. Uh, with original lyrics that became those songs later and they they sound the same except for the vocals.
3: Is there any is there any way you could release those without CBS being like not,
1: no no no. Uh I guess we Yeah, I mean they don't well that's it's a good question. I mean, they own the music part. They don't own the <coughs>
5: the song. You could release
1: them as parodies almost. You just could, the uh, audio track only. Yeah, I don't think they would care, you know, but uh Yeah. You can hear them on in, in the vault there.
4: Were yeah. there any of those? Uh, were there any that didn't make the uh the list like that
1: you'd recorded that just you couldn't use? Um, you know, when I was we were putting material together for the Pac Man vault, um, I found some actually found some work tapes where you know we were working on the songs you, you know before we had completed them, just the piano and Gary and me, and a couple of them with just me, uh, which are really fun fun to hear. I mean, they're really you know crude in 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 the sense it was just you know uh, a work tape uh but there was a a song on there that i when i heard it again it was it was some sort of a game song and i can't even right now i can't remember but it was it was a pretty cool song and i don't know why we didn't do it probably because we ran out of time they probably after we finished eight songs they probably said that's enough and we'll take those i guess but there's another i have to dig it up sometime and I don't know if it's on the vault or not, but it was, uh, you know, we had a couple verses and it was a pretty cool song. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, we wrote a lot of songs, Gary and I, and you can hear a lot of them on, you know, a lot right. of them I put up on online. but. Uh,
4: well, you know, without Gary, it's probably no longer a possibility, but did you have any time or at any time think about making a sequel? Like, Yes. If so, oh, that would anyway. be so cool. And what songs or what games actually do you think you would include? I mean, and they could be coming from any era, really. You could finally get that Space Invaders song. Yeah.
1: Well, we, we you know, obviously thought about that. But one of the problems was uh, on the original album, it took 20, I think, 26 contracts. Woof. Uh, because of the games <laughs> and all the Did rights and stuff. It was a fortune and, and it was, I mean, it was like uh, hard to get, people you know they had to fly all over and have meetings and stuff so the the licensing was just a nightmare and we were really reluctant because of that but i will tell you that slightly, right before gary passed away the that year previous we did a an angry bird song we had an idea for one oh. and so we did the song and really thought it was a pretty cool song but uh, our manager could never get them to return calls to to talk about doing the song and uh so it was never released it's still not released it's it's a completed song and there it sits but uh we were afraid to release it because that they would sue us yeah. you know uh for doing it but, that ain't uh, right yeah, well there's an the angry film.
4: bird sequel coming out in 2019 maybe i can get in touch with my my agent people that i know i actually run mark Wahlberg's social media stuff maybe i can like make something happen that would be awesome
1: Oh, that's great! Hey, we'll we'll cut you in. Yes, finders <laughs> coming up. I'm gonna do it.
3: Yeah. Speaking of lawsuits, maybe we should talk briefly. Well, we'll get to that in a
0: second. So, um, <laughs>
3: no worries. So, I think Dan had a question.
0: Well, yeah, bye. I got a I got a question here from the audience. Who was in the band
1: on the album Pac Man Fever? Uh, Jenny Whitaker was on drums. Jenny played with Country Joe and the Fish and a bunch of bunch of acts tremendous drummer sweetheart beautiful girl she passed away but uh she played drums rick hinkle played guitar on the original on the pac-man song and i think he played on a couple more uh chris bowman did most of the guitar work on the album and chris is still here a close friend and still playing very guitar player larry johnson played bass on the on the original pac-man fever he did not play on the album because the single was done several months before the album, and I, I'm not sure why he didn't play, but uh, he didn't. You know, he didn't make it on that. Uh, let's see. And Gary, I think, played bass, and I did the keyboards, and then we did the vocals and stuff together. I think that, I think that. Well, we had background singers. Steve Carlisle, you know, the KRP guy. We brought him in, and a couple of female singers uh, to sing backgrounds, and then oh, and and David Cole. <laughs> David was a, a friend. He was a drummer. He was a close friend. Came in and played a syndrome on Pac-Man Fever. That was it. <laughs> oh, he gets wow. a gold record for that. We gave oh, him a gold wow. record.
0: How many, how many instruments do you play, by the way?
1: Uh, I, can, I play keyboards. Mostly I can play a little guitar, a little bass. Um, that's mainly what I play, it's keyboards.
3: We have okay. another question from the audience. Sure. Uh, uh, Miss Houston. Miss Houston. From the St. Paul area, Minnesota, is wondering if they wrote the song because if you wrote the song because Pac-Man was so popular already, or did the song make Pac-Man become even more popular?
1: Well, that's a very good question. Never asked that before. Uh, I think it was a combination of both. In the beginning, we wrote it as I explained earlier. We thought it might help locally to get us some more jingle work, but uh, I think that the I think the record did help it. You know, I really do. But it was a combination, obviously, of both. I think if the I think if the song had not been a really there was a bunch of Pac Man songs out, none of them really did anything because they were you know, not very well done. I think if our song hadn't been a good pop song in a, you know, you know a, a good song on itself, uh, it, that it wouldn't have had the the life that it did. But each song we did on the album, we tried to write you know, try to write a, a good song with it, a pop song, you know, and try to write a good song with it. And a lot of people have recognized that. In fact, somebody asked about recognition earlier and that I'm proud of that because a lot of people, uh, guys in the business have said, you know, you did a great job with those songs, you know, it wasn't just sound effects, but you know, we tried to get good melodies and hooks. and. Oh yeah.
3: I'm seriously, I mean, that album for me was a staple as a kid. <laughs> I it just, it's just so fun to listen to. And, uh, just a solid pop album to that effect um what you were just talking about were there other notable pac-man songs around at the time were there other parodies and stuff
1: yeah there were uh there were some other songs uh, uh i'm uh i'm trying to think of some of the names Now, come to think of it i didn't weird al have one weird al had well he had a uh parody thing Okay, uh, okay one of the Beatles songs or something. It was a parody and funny cause Jenny Whitaker, the drummer I mentioned, eventually uh, she went out to California and wound up working at a, uh, at, at a, uh, a talent agency. You know, they had a lot of big uh, acts out there and, and I guess at the time they were handling weird Owl. and, you know, he was telling her that, uh, you know about his song, and and it would have been the hit if it wasn't for us and all that. You know, I don't know some kind of crap, but uh, <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah, you know, it was a you know he did a parody. I mean, parodies to me are easy to do. I I never had a problem with that, but writing an original song, I think you know it's it's tougher.
3: British fifteen hundred says Barnes and Barnes did a song about Pac Man,
1: but I don't know. Barnes yeah. and Barnes that was it. Yeah, that's right. So um, but there was a guy in Germany that did a version of our song in German. Oh, oh, really? And he just yeah, took Pac- it and did it? Pac Man, uh, I think it was Pac Man Fever, F I E B E R. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> Fever. Pac Man Fever. Pac Man
0: Bieber. Just a German accent.
3: That's a new song.
0: <laughs> so,
3: around the same time um, as Pac Man Fever, and I'm kind of shifting gears here, but you wrote a, a little song about a popular long necked alien who was just, <clears throat> just wanted to find his way home. Uh can you give us a little background on "Et I Love You" and what drove you to write that song? Where well, you drew-
1: get your get your Kleenex out, okay? okay. let's do this. you um, listening. I went to see the movie at the time, and you know everybody was taken by that movie. I mean, it was you know it was a great movie. Let's you know face it. I mean, it was a really good movie. Yeah. And I left the theater, and I was like, you know, wow, and. At the time, uh, or just prior to that, I had I had to have a, a dog, my favorite dog, put down, oh,
5: and I loved man. this
1: dog. I was crazy about her, and I I hated losing her, and I was so sad. And I had sat down and wrote this little melody out. You know, I was just trying to you know work through the all that, and and uh, I thought, you know what, that that song and that feeling, I think would go good. You know, with uh, for a song about this little character would be a very similar kind of a thing. So I told. My manager, I told Gary about it. We all went to the movie and the next night again, and they all agreed, man, this is, this is, you know, a great movie. So we stayed up all night, literally, and worked on this thing. And, uh, Arnie took it to New York to CBS. We were, you know, on the contract and they loved it. They thought it was the greatest thing. So Arnie flies out to California to have a meeting with Steven Spielberg and his people to see about getting permission. Here we're back to the permission problem again because we (laughs) were talking about their movie. And, uh, As Arnie tells the story, he says, I'm sitting, in, you know, waiting, you know, in the lobby there. And he said, "Uh, I can hear the song. Steven Spielberg's playing it like up to 10. He said, and he played it over and over and over. He said, like, just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. And I thought, you know, so when they finally had a meeting, uh, Spielberg said, you know, John Williams had did the soundtrack for the movie. And he said, you know, I I sure wish that uh, John had come up with this song for the movie. Well, we're so excited. Arnie says, I think they're going to recall the movie and put the song in the movie. <laughs> and I oh, said, are wow. you serious? I mean, we were like freaking out. I mean, this would be unbelievable. Well, everything was cool. Then all of a sudden, nothing. No calls back from California. Nobody would return calls. And it was like we were cut off. Well, then we find out that Neil Diamond had written the Heartlight song. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yep. And so then that that uh, for some reason triggered... Spielberg and they 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 didn't like that either I don't know so they decided not to do anything and then it was just a for months our manager tried the management tried to get stuff uh, try to work something out to get you know uh, to get the song out at least get it out and then CBS held up our song to put out Heartlight because you know Neil Diamond was a very big star at that time and uh, and so we pretty you know pretty much got screwed it was a heartbreaking ordeal I mean a heartbreaking uh, to go through that because the song got play uh in some places and uh, i met a guy years later that was a dj in california and he said man i played that record on my show and it was a number one requested song and i kept telling the cbs promotion guy man this this thing's a hit and and he finally said look forget that record man it's dead it's done they don't they're not gonna they don't want it to, they're not doing anything with it no promotion they're going with the Heartlight. so forget about it so it was it was just it was just really tough cuz we thought it was a good song you know and well, good a good ballad and I like helped this kind of would help us kind of uh you know transcend into some more regular pop song.
3: Yeah, I'd like to play just a little bit of it and just plug it for you right now cuz it's on CD baby. You can get it. It's called Buckner and Garcia Now and Then and it goes a little bit like this.
5: You would <laughs> get, your, get
1: the Kleenex out.
3: You. And you can find it on 45 in a promo format. It it was never released, but it there were several promos that floated around there. So it's on
4: iTunes.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah every time I hear that song, it you know it's like hang me, you know.
3: It's a, it's a little. Just, it, you must think of your dog
1: every time you you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a new dog. I got a pit bull so. <laughs> he allows me to sleep in the bed sometimes okay
4: (laughs) okay I wrote Mark Wahlberg's manager we'll find out what happens they're busy with Transformers stuff so you may have to wait a week (laughs) okay well you know hey
1: I don't know if I want to wait a week
4: (laughs) okay I'll tell
1: him him there's a time limit ask him to throw in a couple of those Wahlburgers (laughs) okay
3: (laughs) Wahlburgers what's a Wahlburger Uh, anyway
0: I wish they'd open
1: Wahlburgers out here I know
4: me too (laughs) <laughs> Adam doesn't know. It's a show. Have you guys ever had a Wahlburger? Any no. no, no,
3: I don't know. What is what's this all about now? What you don't know
4: about Mark <laughs> his Wahlburgers? His brothers. His brother his runs uh, a restaurant called Wahlburgers, and everybody in the family got to come up with their own special burgers. And there's like a a reality TV show where they follow them and their mom. It's hilarious.
0: They all fight over their mom's affection. It's a very That's funny. Right. Show. <laughs> are you serious?
5: Okay. Well, you guys are totally making this serious. up.
4: We're not making this up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. I'm glad. I'm
4: glad I'm just move along, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just. I don't
3: know if we have any other questions in the chat or anything. Oh, I don't see I don't anything.
4: Think we got it. I think it's fading fast. Oh. We're gonna be able to let jerry leave at eight thirty, like you wanted.
3: i don't think we should i think we should keep him on for the whole thing oh,
1: so i i can stay on a little bit longer i'm having a good time
3: let's uh let's uh talk a little bit about pac-man fever 30th anniversary edition on uh cd baby um why don't you just give us a little rundown of the uh what what you're doing on that album in the artist commentary and stuff like that
1: well we're you know it's just the just the, the single itself um at this at this point you know that uh and we're, we're, we're toying with a couple of ideas, uh, a, a, attached to the, uh, to the video itself. Uh, thing thing is over like 5 million views, which is, you know, a lot for us. It's doing oh, for the video, good. for the video. Yeah. And, uh, um, what
3: I was getting at was the Pac-Man fever 30th anniversary re-release with artist commentary and songs introduced by Jerry Buckner.
1: Oh, was, oh, that, that album. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wanted to do to do that, uh, you know, because people had a lot of questions about stuff, and I was going to try to, you know, kind of answer that and talk about the songs and everything. And then I I found some clips of Gary, and I wanted to just uh, put that in there. It was kind of a sentimental thing at the time, you know, dealing with his passing and everything. And that's kind kind of why I did it. And 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 you know, hopefully, you know, give some information. that was fun to you know for people to hear and uh, learn. You know, maybe dispel some of the things that were. We get you know there were things like everybody wanted to say everybody would mistake for a while even uh, Casey Kasem the first week they said it was uh, Gary uh, Jerry Garcia and Gary Buckner and everybody thought you know (laughs) had to straighten that out you know right away
4: that was when you hit thirty eight right did you did you think you were going to keep going when you got into the forty you mean age wise (laughs) no I mean so. I actually had to figure out like w- when you first hit the his uh, Casey Kasem's top 40, you know, you oh. actually entered at number 38 before you got to number nine. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, <laughs> I taped all those, man. I, I don't mind telling you. I, oh, I thought awesome. that was so cool, you know, to be on Casey K. In fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but about a year later, I'm listening to uh, the Head Radio on. And he just, Casey does one of his long distance dedications. And it was a, a little girl who, uh, had her letter was, uh, tearfully talking about a guy she met at the arcade and, uh, they had this, you know, love affair or whatever, and then they broke up and she doesn't know where he is, but would you please play Pac-Man fever? So wherever he is out there, you know, he'll know, uh, and I thought, man, it'd be a long distance dedication. That was pretty cool. That's yeah. awesome. Is, you know, usually it's a you know, tearjerker, you know, but here's a, Right, nobody died. They just, keep, yeah.
3: they just don't have the internet to and find And this it. one's about a little dog named Snuckles.
1: A friend of mine does some production uh, work for the, some of the shows, uh, American Idol and some of those shows. And he was telling me, he says, you got to have a story, man. You know, <laughs> if you don't have a story, you can't make it on those shows. The, the music's secondary, you know, get a good story. So
4: you got your dog story. I got my dog story, right, yeah. That's a good one.
1: I loved my dog. It was a great dog, and i I'm I miss her still. But uh, all right, so yeah, the dog story, the ET story. What <laughs> I have a lot of stories. Some I can tell, some I can't.
3: <laughs> we want to know about the ones you can't.
1: Yeah, you want the you want the ones
3: can't <laughs> that you can't. The meaty tell. meaty ones. This might be a good one to end on. Um, Gary was asked on the commentary for the 30th anniversary version of Pac-Man Fever. Uh, I'd like you to answer first so that we can kind of get your response and then finish up the interview by playing the clip in which he, when Gary responds and that is, um, to the question.
1: And the last question asked in retrospect, how do you feel about the Pac-Man fever album?
3: So in retrospect,
1: how do you feel about the Pac-Man fever album? You're asking me, I'm asking you. Oh, um, You know, it was uh, a fun album to do. I'm proud of it. I think we did a, a good job on it. It's, you know, it's not surgery or anything, but it was just uh, meant for people to enjoy. And I was happy to be a part of it. I'm glad that people still like it. And and um, I, I just, you know, it, it. I think it accomplished what we tried to do with it. And we just tried to make a a good pop album and something people would like. And I'm just happy it still lives on.
3: And now, with your permission, I'm going to play the Gary's response. Okay. Right. I'm
1: very happy with how it turned out, especially for the short time that we had to put it together. Uh, I think looking back on it, that we did a great job of mixing the sound effects and the games
2: with the, the songs that we thought were pop songs, and uh, I'm very happy with it. I think
3: that has got to be some of the you know the best things you can hear about um, an album that you made with your best friend and do you have any closing words about that?
1: Well, I, I just—I uh, was blessed to have Gary as a friend and partner. You, you'd be very lucky in your life if you had a relationship like that. We, The music business is really a war, at least it was in those days. I'm sure it still is, and we went through that together, and it was just an experience that most people don't have the opportunity to go through, and I'm glad I did. I wish he was still here today so we could be doing this together, but uh, that wasn't in God's plan, but I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for uh, folks like you that would ask me to be on the show, uh, to be a part of this, and that you still like what we did and like the songs, and uh, uh, I just, uh, grateful for that, and and thank you for having me uh, on your show. Absolutely. Thanks for being on our show. You're, thank uh, you. you're a legend. That's <laughs> yeah, quite. Well, yeah. tell, tell my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a legend. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, sure. I will. Sure, sure. I got your legend right here, pal.
3: I'll make sure to get in contact with you after the show in the next couple of days and we can
1: please, please do. I'm, I'm highly interested. Please Uh, do. I'll play you the song. You can hear it.
3: Oh, it'd be great. And, um, thanks for sharing your stories with Gary and just spending time with us on the show. Um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, guests where we, we have a new guest every week and every guest is unique. You are Buckner and Garcia Garcia, and you're holding that memory on. and, And I think that's great. I think you are representing something very special by carrying on Gary's memory and these types of songs. And if you ever do want to do a sequel, we will gladly help you sing the other parts.
0: I, I would
1: love to sing a song for you. I can clap my hand. I've already, I've already got you in the liner notes. All right.
3: So great. So on that note, we're going to shut this thing down again. Thanks for listening in on the double R's. That's the arcade radio. Please join anytime when we're live every other Thursday. ArcadeRadio.com You can email us at react at ArcadeRadio.com Call and leave comments and questions on the game line 612-548-GAME Follow us on Facebook, Twitter YouTube, SoundCloud Google Play and iTunes. That's going to be it for now From the Arcade Radio team We hope you had a great time And we'll see you next time
4: This is where we take our pants off and on shorts
0: Go to BucknerGarcia.com and buy some awesome music
3: (laughs) and that's all she wrote are we clear we're clear all clear we're clear yeah jerry thanks for being on the show
1: Oh, man, I enjoyed it. You, you guys are good. Yeah, good. You have a good show. It's a fun show, man. I'm going to be listening. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, no, really. You guys do good. You have, you have a good, uh, a good flow. It's a good show.
2: Well, now we're up to the new hit record inspired by a melody that was played four billion times during 1981. A tune that never had the possibility of hitting the charts because it wasn't released as a record. It came from a form of entertainment that's taking over the world. The video games, Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Defender, Asteroids, and more coming all the time. And their flashing video screens are accompanied by sound effects, boops and beeps and crunching and crashing and even jingles and songs. And there's one particular game that features a piece of music that was played more often last year than any other song in the USA. It couldn't be found on a jukebox or heard on the radio or bought in a record store. But drop a quarter in the machine, and out comes... According to the trade journal Replay Magazine, that's the theme of the biggest money-making video game of
5: 1981.
2: The average machine is played 136 times a day. That's nearly 50,000 plays a year. And with more than 90,000 of these machines gobbling up quarters all over the country, it totaled more than four billion plays in the year 1981. Let's make it four billion and one. That's the jingle from the Pac-Man video game. The one where the little round Pac-Man tries to gobble up monsters in the maze before they gobble him up. Well, now the inevitable has happened. Someone has made a commercial recording of the Pac-Man jingle. And here it is, debuting at number 38 this week in American Top 40, Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia. I got a pocket full of quarters and I'm headed to
3: the island. Jerry has released all all of their stuff that, that is available right now on CD Baby. The the uh, now and then is is a little truncated though. It's shorter shorter than it was.
1: Yeah, it's uh yeah, it is. It was just it's some songs we wanted to put out and uh instead of making them all singles, we thought we'd just put them on like a mini you know mini disc, mini album thing. I'm sure like an EP. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, is what you what you would call it. And uh but we tried to price it accor- accordingly, but Um, you know, there was a a Mr. T song. I always loved that. I thought it was a great song. And sadly, it, uh, it didn't make it because the record company wouldn't put it out. Uh, (laughs) well, we couldn't get permission. And everybody was saying, look, we, you know, we don't want Mr. T and all these guys showing up downstairs. You know, I mean, those guys are tough, some tough characters, you know,
3: (laughs) who was doing the Mr. T voice on that song.
1: That was Gary. Oh, my God it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was doing, I can still remember him doing it, you know. And I'll tell you a funny story about that session. Um, uh, Jenny Whitaker uh, actually played played drums on the hits that we did. Uh, she, she's sadly passed away. Great drummer, had a great feel. Anyway, we're, we're there to cut this, you know, uh, this new song. And uh, we get into the studio. Well, Gary had a little bit of a temper, and he could fly off pretty quick. And so we're working and I'm in the studio doing a keyboard part and he's in the, con- I can see him <laughs> through the windows, you know, and the guy in there, uh, engineering, uh, was a guy that had worked on our album and he was, a- when we did our album, 38 special was cutting their album that night. We cut ours in the day. They cut theirs at night. Oh, and both albums, it turned out to be, have a lot of hits and be big. But anyway, uh, Greg, uh, he kind of had a little bit of an attitude about stuff. So I could sense that Gary was getting ticked off at, at him, you know, the engineer. He wasn't, you know, responding. Next thing I know, I see him in there yelling and screaming, and the, the you know, the mic comes on, and like you So I went in the control room, and, uh, you know, and and they're just like it's almost coming to blows. So it spills out into the, uh, out into the lobby, and our manager was there, and it's still my one of my close friends, Arnie Geller, and Arnie's on the phone, probably talking to a record company in New York, and it spills out. Uh, I could hear Arnie uh, out of one, one of my ears saying, you know, you could hear a scream and everybody yelling and Arnie goes, Oh, that, eh, that's just the boys are cutting a new song. (laughs) (laughs) So We ended up out in the parking lot of the studio and all the musicians standing out there, Gary's red in the face about to have a stroke. He's so mad. And we stood out there and, uh, went on for about half an hour. Well, uh, the, the studio, uh, made greg come out and apologize to us because they didn't want us you know going anywhere so we went back in and cut the track and it was a hell of a track it's a really good i think a great feel for the track but it just uh you know because of licensing and permissions and stuff same thing with et uh it was so sad because et was such a great record with a great song
5: Came to me
2: on a summer night, a stranger with nowhere to go. Miles from
5: home, all alone, you were left behind in a world you didn't know.